Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. We will be spoiler-free of details from future episodes, but we will have spoilers on for all episodes that we've covered of both series in the past history of our show. Uh, Accessorizing my stakes to go with my outfit, I'm Jason. And wondering if Angel is still grr, I'm Harrison. Jason, tell me what very exciting episode we're watching today. Well, Harrison, we are venturing into uncharted waters now Mm -hmm. because we are watching Angel Season 1, Episode 1, City of. Mm -hmm. This is the one where Angel has left Sunnydale. He is still... He is still grr. It's not really a cure for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he's just kind of trying to help all those helpless people out there. Because, believe it or not, they're still asshole male vampires. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, City Of was written by David Greenwald and Joss Whedon, uh, a.k.a. the co-creators of Angel. I feel like Joss Whedon gets a lot of the credit sometimes, but David uh, Greenwald was had you know angel was really his baby um and it was directed by joss whedon it originally aired on october 5th 1999 immediately following the buffy premiere all right jason tell me what you're drinking Harrison, uh, we are dangerously close to Halloween uh, at the time of this recording, so I'm actually drinking a Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale. Mm -hmm. Um, I was looking for uh, different pumpkin ales, and this was the only one that I could actually find, Uh, and it's not too bad. I had some of it last night, and uh, yeah, had one bottle left over. I'm like, I know what I'm going to use it for. Nice. Uh, I've had that one before. It is really good. I have found, uh, just for your future searchings, if you're interested, um, that Schlafly's pumpkin ale is really, really good. That is that is typically the one that I go to, but I couldn't find it anywhere. No. Like At any of the liquor stores that I looked at, the only pumpkin beer I could find was this one. That's so, so bizarre. Like, I guess people are buying pumpkin yes. beers this week. It makes sense. I mean, yeah. I asked John to buy a um, a pumpkin for me tonight so I can make a jack-o'-lantern. Um, that's not a beer, but it is fun. Um, I'm, there is a pumpkin, and there is also the Sam Adams Jack-o'-pumpkin ale. Ooh. So um, I'm drinking, once again, red wine, uh, because it's all we have right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, I love it. And I decided, um, on such a special occasion, a series premia, um, that I'm going to drink it out of my nice crystal wine glass. Um, and it looks like blood. So that's nice. Um, you know, vampires like to drink their blood out of nice girls named crystal. I like to drink my wine out of nice crystal wine glasses. Is, was that the toast? Because that was pretty awesome. Yep. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, that was our toast. Uh, <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> oh, it just tastes better coming out of crystal. Who said it? Me or a vampire? All right. 
<laughs> I think I've taken that joke as far as it goes. <laughs> but it was solid, and I appreciated it. Um, so, once upon a time, before we get into this episode, um, so, way back at the beginning of Booze and Buffy, there was kind of the question in the back of my mind was always, okay, so we've got three seasons to figure out, like, what we're going to do once we get to Angel. Are we going to do... Uh, like keep it on this podcast, like alternate episodes, obviously spoilers. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're doing. But then there was <laughs> also like, maybe we'll, I'll get some friends to do like, like a completely separate, like spinoff one. And then, um, what would that be called? And I had, um, two names that I had really come up with that were both really obvious, but one was alcohol and angel which like, yeah. Um, but the other one that I actually really liked and probably would have gone with if this is where we had gone was um, Angel Holics Anonymous. Nice. But <laughs> I was actually thinking about that more recently and I was like, is that insensitive? Like, is that, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, like, like if, if custom, if like, if, if um, stores can get away with calling people shopaholics, that's for true. like sales and stuff like that, I don't see why you can't get um, away with saying people who love Angel are angelholics. That's true. I am a, I I admit I am an angelholic. Angelholic. So I'm. Uh, I cannot stop drinking angelholic. I. Ooh, I'm a. Uh, I'm a bit of an angelholic too, but it is definitely sexual. Um, and I have some real thoughts. I think you know about the end of this episode. Certain little, uh, certain little patching up of, uh, some wounds and... Ooh. You know, when I got to that scene, I'm like, I wonder if Harrison's gonna bring up the wounds. <laughs> yep. I wonder. Look how close it was to his nipple. Anyway, alright. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had that thought while I was watching as Cordelia was, like, patting the, the, the bandage. I literally went like, oh my gosh, she's so close to his nipple. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the wonderful angel nipples return. Yay, return of the angel nipple. Nip- uh, nipple very, town uh, angel pants. Uh, two very uh, two very good suggestions for Star Wars Episode Two. <laughs> So you've got the Phantom Menace and Return of the Angel Nipples. In Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd prefer it to Attack of the Clones, but that's just me. Um, that, is a, that is a whole other podcast worth of discussion right there for a, me to rant about. Amen, sister. <sighs> so, Angel starts off with a swooping uh, kind of... Uh, shots of where else the city of angels los Um, angeles as sam elliott has often (laughs) called it and there's um uh there's a couple points that i'm gonna make throughout the episode where i think the show just right out of the gate does some really smart things in setting up this universe um and i'm gonna start right here with the choice of los angeles as its setting um you automatically you get that city of angels thing which is you know a little on the nose but that's okay um then but also it 
immediately distincts itself from Buffy. Um, being in... Distinguishes itself? Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, from Buffy, you know, we're in a big city, not a small town. Um, so immediately we're going to be telling different kinds of stories, which is a, a smart way to just right out of the gate um, uh, kind of evade some of those um, comparisons that are inevitably going to happen. And then, yeah, and the fact that, um, and the fact that you can actually do these shots of the LA skyline mm-hmm. because, I mean, was there a skyline in Sunnydale? Not really. I honestly don't. Yeah, I honestly <laughs> don't know. But, um, yeah, and it it really does give it a very different feel. Mm-hmm. And and uh, yeah, like Angel kind of needed that because otherwise people would have just seen it as, oh hey, let's it's another hour of Buffy, exactly. which wouldn't have been terrible but at the same time wouldn't have lasted long yeah um and then just from a practical standpoint so i just pulled up uh google maps to get this information but um working off the assumption that we've been told by the creators of the show that sunnydale is roughly where santa barbara is in real life that's about two hours between the two cities which is far enough away that we're not going like, you know, why aren't they crossing over more often? But close enough so that when they do cross over, I'm not go. It's not like Glee when these kids are flying between New York and Ohio twenty times a year. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it it makes sense that maybe a couple times a season characters will make the two hour or less drive between these these two locations. Um, so it's a uh, it's uh, I think just right out of the gate this. Uh, Los Angeles location for the show is a really smart move. Yep, agreed. Um, but yeah, uh, so the first we see of Angel after he uh, gives a very, very angel-like voiceover. Mm-hmm. It's very noir. In... Like, yes. uh, you almost expect him to say, and there she walked into my office, gams as long as the Niagara Falls, or whatever they say in noir stories. <laughs> It's always about Gams. Yeah. You're a regular <laughs> Dashiell Hammett. <laughs> All right. For those of you out there who don't know who that is, it's the guy who wrote the Maltese Falcon. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what that is, we get it. You're young. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But Angel starts off um, in a bar, mm-hmm. of all places, where he is uh, apparently getting drunk off his ass. And his uh, his monologue transitions into his actual dialogue that he's saying to this guy, who um, who, given the fact that this man is a uh, bald African American gentleman of middle age, very much reminds him of this blonde chick he used to know. Uh, I love his line when he's like, "Well, you know, because you both have hair." And then the, <laughs> the cut to this guy who very clearly has no hair. Like, it's, yeah, um, it's pretty funny. <laughs> but I mean, the, the the funny thing is, is that the guy doesn't move. Yeah, the guy just—he's still there. Like, fuck it, I had to get out of the house. <laughs> I'm to—I can deal with this moron as long as I can just 
sit here and not deal with my kids yelling at me. Maybe he was like genuinely interested in Angel's story. Maybe he was like, like before he was like, oh, what brought you to town? A, a girl, man. Oh yeah, I know that. Like we don't get to see this this interaction. Maybe maybe this could have been the start of a beautiful friendship. We'll never know. The, the spinoff that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that that guy's name is Clyde. Okay. All right. Yeah, Clyde. Clyde. So like... Yeah, like, sorry, um, right now, uh, one of the hottest players in the NFL, um, and I, by hot, I mean his skills, uh, I don't know, he could be attractive, I honestly have never seen him without his helmet on, uh, or without, yeah, without his helmet on, is, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he was, uh, he's, like, this rookie running back who's just, like, tearing it up, so. He's not like, bad looking. Like, you know, I just looked him right. up, he's, he, he's pretty handsome. All right, good. Well, then, yeah, this guy's name will be Clyde, in honor of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Very nice. <laughs> Uh, okay, but uh, what Angel is actually doing is paying attention to these girls who are hanging out with these jackass guys. Um, actually, you know what? They I honestly don't come across too much of being a jackass at first. Not until they it's get more... outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, as they start to make their way out with Angel or with the girls. Angel immediately just like, oh, yeah, I was kind of joking all along. I'm not drunk. If only people could sober up that quickly in real life. Oh, my gosh. Um, um, I just want to point out that the main girl, there, there are two of them, but the kind of the main one the camera and Angel focuses on is blonde. Just, <laughs> just going to say, put that in your pocket. <laughs> Yeah, you know, believe it or not, blondes or uh, rubias, as they are known in Spanish, will be quite important going forward. Yeah, who knew Angel had a type? Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, started off with Darla. Mm -hmm. Of course, there were probably there were probably plenty of blondes before Darla too. Oh, you know it. Um. Uh, But yeah, so Angel's following these guys out and. uh, these like and the guys are like oh yeah we're so awesome and the girl's like oh yeah you can get us into all the coolest clubs and like oh we don't want to do we don't want to go any more clubs we want to party right out here and yeah then they uh they reveal their vamp mm-hmm. faces so real quick because you haven't mentioned it so i'm i'm gonna guess either you don't care or maybe you just didn't notice did you recognize the actor playing like the lead of those vampires you know, uh, he actually looked really familiar, mm-hmm. but I honestly got too much into the Fair. into the episode to worry about it. Imagine he uh, has a cockier attitude and is stranded on an island and loves taking his shirt off. Well, stranded on an island means lost. Uh-huh. Um, oh, who was it? It's uh, Josh Holloway, a.k.a. Sawyer. Okay. All right, yeah. For a minute, I was like Ian Summerhandler. Like, no, I'd know if it was Ian Summerhandler. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like I, th- when I saw him, I'm like, oh, he looks familiar. Yeah. Uh, and I watched the credits a little bit to see if uh, his name popped up, but I guess I just missed it. But yeah, hey, I, so future star of Lost, Josh. Holloway. When when the show when I first watched Angel, it was not too long after Lost had ended, so his face was like very fresh in my yeah. mind so i remember watching it and being like is that 
he looks too young. And then I was like, well, of course he would look too young. This was like 10 years ago. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, also, they, uh, the vampire, uh, like vamp faces other than angels have been rede- uh, redesigned in this episode. And they look terrible. I yeah, really don't it, like them. It didn't them. look great. And they eventually just ended up going back to the traditional Buffy yeah. vampire design, which is for the better. I agree. Um, I'm curious how long that takes. Like, I'm wondering if it's just the next episode or yeah, like Russell was not like when Russell vamped out. It was kind of gross. Like his yeah. face was or was green and everything. And you know? yeah, yeah. The the makeup was very. Um, I mean, I, I'll be honest. The makeup looks really poorly done. Like, um, and not like. Not and it looked bad. Not like in a scary, like oh, that's nasty. But like in a, like a, this is kind of poorly designed and poorly done. Yeah. Like uh, Deanna Troy's makeup all throughout season six of the Next Generation. <laughs> uh, poor Deanna. Um. So <laughs> yeah. So Angel. Uh, Angel decides to. Um, Angel decides to immediately just fight these guys, and he. He introduces us to his stake bracers, which are Love pretty it. damn cool. So uh, cool. Yeah, um, it's like why why haven't we had these before? It's just like the they they're like uh they're very much like the Assassin's Creed um hidden blades in your wrist. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. But yeah, he um he manages to dust all the vampires and the girl well, except for the one he throws onto the onto like the uh the hood of the car. And the mm-hmm. girls are saying, "Oh, well, thanks. Uh, you helped us so much." And uh, but Angel's like, "Get away!" And you, and they there's very like specific zoom in to one of the girls whose head is bleeding, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, so then he turns and his vamp face appears, and uh, it scares the girls away. And so Angel then uh, walk. Angel then stakes the guy. Who stakes the last vampire and then turns and walks away in the shot that will set up the end mm-hmm. of the opening credits. Yep. Speaking and, uh, of hey, which, yeah, we've got new opening credits, guys. Do, and do, 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 do. yeah, I, no, I, I said this I, before. I love, I love this. Yeah, I love Sanctuary. Um, that mm-hmm. it is an awesome song. I can't remember the artist. Uh, uh it's Darling Violetta. Yeah, that's it. Or and, Violetta, uh, maybe. I'm not sure. But yeah, uh, guys, listen to the full version of that song. Um, the, mm-hmm. Be careful, because a lot of the videos are often just, like, take a lot of footage from Angel. And uh, you don't want yeah. any spoilers. But uh, yeah, no, it's great. And we didn't, like, we don't even get to the part with lyrics. Um, and the lyrics are are really beautiful. But yeah, like, they it's such a cool, like slower, a little more intense, or a little different kind of intense than mm-hmm. the Buffy opening. But yeah, just like those awesome slides. Yep, and it fits the tone of the show perfectly. Like I hear that music and I go, okay. Much like Buffy's does for it, I, that music just gets me into like. This is kind of, uh, as I said, especially in this first season, there's definitely a noir feel to it. Um, and a um, there's a, 
um, I mean, basically at the end of the episode, they've started their own private investigations like uh, business. And this is that this just fits that theme perfectly. And it's and it's good. It's just good music. It sounds good. And we have already dropped her name, but yeah. Charisma Carpenter, this is where she is now. She Yay! also spun off with Angel. Um, for those of you who are wondering, oh, what happened to Cordelia after graduation? Uh, so my second point of really good choices they made is this decision to bring over Cordelia, but I'm actually going to hold off on elaborating on that until we get to her first scene in the episode. We also have a new character <laughs> named Glenn Quinn. Uh, the actor's name is Glenn Quinn, and his character's name is Doyle. And uh, Doyle... I actually always enjoy Doyle. Um, I do too. Yeah. Um, he's I, He works very well, and... I believe the intent was to have Angel be with Whistler again from I think so. from uh, becoming part two and part one uh, as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think that actor was available anymore. Um, I think that is the case. Um, I've, I've, it's always like one of those things where it's um, the... Uh, um, there it's always a little bit of like different people involved in the show have like different reasons for why so you can never quite dig out the truth um but immediately this character feels like whistler yeah um at least at least in um uh, uh purpose um and so um so yeah i would be really really willing to bet that uh it was Whistler originally. The actor wasn't available for whatever reason or declined to do it for whatever reason. I don't know. And then they rewrote it for into this new character um, played by Glenn Quinn, uh, who the, the unfortunately the uh, the late Glenn Quinn, um, he he passed. He was on he was on Roseanne as well. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, he played. Um, Becky's husband. Or maybe it was Darlene's. He played whichever one wasn't Johnny Galecki. Okay. Like, and they were like they were like brothers, I think. And okay, um, each of that each of the sisters married one of them. I think it's been a long time since I've watched Roseanne. So okay, uh, I honestly am not too familiar with Roseanne in the slightest. I just know that mm -hmm. Sarah Gilbert and Johnny Johnny Galecki, who are um, who mm -hmm. are in Big Bang Theory, were also in Roseanne. So yeah. Uh, but I used to watch Roseanne all the time because it came on uh, right before uh, Will and Grace on Lifetime. That makes sense. So well, I be I, like I started watching Will and Grace. It was and that's like when it aired. It was like eleven thirty on Lifetime, and then I started catching Roseanne just like incidentally, um, and then just enjoyed it. So also started watching it. But um, Angel. Uh, makes his way to where he is currently living, which is an apartment in a basement underneath a ground floor office. And honestly, kind of surprising that uh, he just found that vacant because it seems yeah. like LA is one of the most populated cities in like, not just the country, but also the world. So the fact that you can yeah. find prime real estate, that's just abandoned there. Yeah. Um, it's so weird. Well, because it's, and I feel like this, I can say this, I don't think this is 
a spoiler per se, but other episodes later in the season indicate that this office building is a functioning office building and that there are other businesses like operating in it. Like, I feel like there's an episode where Cordelia like complains that they got like, like the dentist down the hall's mail or something. (laughs) So it's like, there's this office building. Fine. This empty office. Fine. That also has like this massive, like living space underneath. But okay. It is very convenient for our vampire with a soul. And I love this set of his of of his living quarters. I think it's really um I think it's really cool. And speaking of that whole soul thing that Angel has going on, we have him meet Doyle. Mm-hmm. And Doyle uh says that he is a half human, half demon. He technically says like, "Oh, I am completely human." Sneezes and then reveals <laughs> he's got like a really spiky face and he's like yep. on my mother's side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is extremely Irish. Yes. Um, super de duper Irish. Uh, I mean, I want. I'm pretty sure that is. Uh, that has to be an Irish accent, right? Or am I just. It is Irish. Okay. Um, I'm curious if that's his actual. A- uh, yes, Glenn Quinn was born in Dublin. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, it seemed like he he grew up. Yeah, he spent most of his life in Ireland before uh, moving to Los Angeles as a teenager. Um, So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Doyle then does basically a service for people who are just tuning in to Angel and did not watch Buffy at all, in which he recounts (laughs) the, the, the certain spots of the history of Angel that we learned a lot of in season two of Buffy and uh, then of course the circumstances that led him to move to LA in season three of Buffy. Yep. So it's, it's very, it's very apparent that this is meant for somebody mm-hmm. who just decided to tune in and watch Angel because they're like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> you know, it's interesting though. The one like really significant piece of information about Angel's history um uh, specifically more recent history that's left out of this recap is that a- Buffy uh, killed Angel and sent him to hell and then he came back. Um, which I think is smart. I don't think that's necessary right off the bat to know about Angel. And I think adding that in there would have just been like one p- extra thing to make you go, wait, what? Like, um, <laughs> would have been a step I, too far. Um, yeah, yeah and- get in the... Get in the the real important stuff, and then we can fill in those gaps later. And then Doyle kind of sets up the uh, beginning groundwork for Angel's motivation, because at this mm-hmm. point, Angel is still trying to fight the good fight, and uh, by, you know, helping people, saving them from monsters and vampires. Uh, but he's also not connecting with anybody. He's keeping to himself. And um, mm-hmm. if you guys noticed and thought it was very strange that angel was drawn to that girl's blood at the very beginning of the episode the reason is and doyle reveals it um is that oh you recently drank human blood which was buffy's blood that he drank in Mm -hmm. graduation day part one Mm -hmm. and uh or no i know it was part part two two. yeah i was trying to remember exactly where it fell um (laughs) but uh yeah so this so basically this is kind of while we normally saw Angel having a good 
handle on his cravings for blood um uh-huh. having not just any blood but slayer blood in his system really like builds up an appetite uh, yeah. And so Doyle is there to basically try to get him to connect with the people that he's trying to help. Yeah. Um, I have two thoughts about this that are really interesting. And um, one's like in, like related in universe and one's like an out of universe that I would like to get your opinion on because it's actually something you're more knowledgeable about than I am. Um, but the first thing is uh, Doyle, he spells out his concern um, that is presumably also the uh, concern of the powers that be. Yes, that is that a if Angel a big name drop. Yeah, <laughs> if Angel doesn't um, doesn't connect and further isolates himself, um, he eventually might get too tempted and kind of justify to himself um, that you know he saved so many people what's one person to to drink from which is very interesting because that is almost verbatim uh faith's argument after she kills the deputy mayor um and they they had gone to great lengths in season three of buffy to um to show us how how many similarities angel and faith have to one another um so i just thought that was a really interesting parallel um, the other parallel that's out of universe that I would like to get your thoughts on okay. um, that I had was uh, Superman. And I obviously Angel shares a lot of aesthetics with Batman, but um, yeah, even to the point where there is a there's literally <laughs> a, a cave se- reference. Well, there's a Batcave reference and there's like a literal scene where Angel is watching from a rooftop. Oh, yeah. And, and then like. <laughs> turns around and jumps from the rooftop with his Dolce & Gabbana coat fluttering yep. in the breeze. <laughs> oh. But, um, so, so there's that. But the, the way where I started thinking about Superman, um, and this is coming from, I've been watching Smallville, and I've watched a couple more Superman properties recently. Um, but most of my Superman knowledge comes from, like, movies and television. So I don't really have a lot of comics knowledge. But... Um, one thing I've noticed that's been a, that is kind of keeps being emphasized in all of these um, is that Superman, from a human perspective, is essentially a god, and that's why Clark Kent is so important to ground him, to keep him, um, to 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 keep him from uh, from kind of embracing that quote-unquote god status you're Um, correct and i feel like that's what doyle is kind of pushing at here too is that um you know obviously angel is not quite at the power level of superman but if he withdraws from humanity um then that's going to make it more difficult for him to be a hero for humanity he has to be a part of it does that does that make sense to you no it it very much does and it's interesting because um, since we were just talking about Batman, we'll keep it with superheroes for just a second. Um, a lot of people, uh, uh, one of the big things that people say about Batman versus Superman is that uh, the, who the true person is, who the person is at their truest self, for Superman, his real self is Clark Kent. Like, he's mm-hmm. not just an identity that uh, Superman made. Like, that's who he is deep down, which is emphasized yeah. by Smallville, which is before he even takes up the name Superman. Like, it's just Clark Kent. Whereas when it comes to Batman, 
Bruce Wayne is vi- and uh, Katie Holmes says this at the end of Batman Begins. Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne is the mask that he wears, and that who he truly is is this crusader dedicated to fighting crime, um, like out mostly out of a sense of justice, but also out of a sense of revenge for the loss of his mm-hmm. parents. So yeah. yeah, and it's 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 very. It's why the characters have been teamed up so much throughout the history of throughout like the let's see ninety year history of yeah DC, they've both been around since DC the forties right uh, Superman was in nineteen thirty eight uh, oh wow and Batman came the year after nineteen thirty nine okay. wow so they are they they're very much coming up on their uh, so yeah I guess we're technically at a uh, yeah, we're at 90 years, so we're close. Well, not too far away. I can't do math right nice. now. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Angel does ask Doyle after they go after he goes get and gets him some Colt 45. Uh, that, um, <laughs> and yells at a homeless woman. <laughs> yeah, no, it is actually really good when he, he says, like, listen, the entire point of this exercise is that you need to be like trying to be good to people and and uh like you know building up your like your love of humanity and this uh homeless woman says like oh can you spare some like get a job (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but so uh, doyle has some character work to go through as well (laughs) yes and doyle does reveal that uh everybody has stuff that they have to atone for Mm -hmm. not just angel um and uh Doyle reveal and also I had to actually look up what uh he meant by let's go get a Billy D which is apparently like a reference to Colt 45 malt liquor because okay. Billy D Williams used to do TV spots for that oh my god when you said that I was like there's no way that this has to do with Billy D Williams and no no oh. it literally <laughs> wow. has to do with Billy that's... D Williams because that's where my brain went but I was like it can't be that but okay wow and yeah for those of you who uh, aren't familiar Billy D Williams is Lando Calrissian in these Star Wars movies and Lando. and Harvey Dent in the first Batman movie directed by Tim Which Burton is... Connections everywhere. Yeah. Oh, more Batman. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So Doyle says that he actually gets visions from the powers that be, and um, this is a character that I, I use that word in quotation marks. Yeah. This is a definitely a concept that's going to be yeah. prevalent throughout um, the series, as well as another. Uh, name that is dropped later in the episode. We'll get to them in a bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, he says that um, he gets visions from the powers that be at, that are also like splitting headaches as well. And he says that he is going to... He sees people that need Angel's help. To which mm-hmm. he gives Angel a piece of paper that has Tina, Coffee Spot... And uh, what was it, WM at the bottom? Something. I was having trouble figuring out what it... What, yeah, I don't... At first I thought it I was a time, but um, I don't know. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I didn't... I didn't. honestly didn't remember, like, what... The, the important thing is that, oh, Tina and the Coffee Stop, I believe is what it was called. 
Was it yes. the coffee spot or the coffee stop? I think it was the coffee spot. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, so Angel decides to go to this coffee place and just kind of hope that somebody yells out the name Tina. Right. Which they do, <laughs> fortunately, because Tina's a waitress yeah. there. And I Tina love... is not just a waitress, though. Tina is a blonde waitress. Uh, yeah, there we go. And one thing I really love about this scene is because it sets up so- it sets up something that's very important because as much time as Angel got in Buffy, it was very, very seldomly that we saw him interact with somebody who wasn't part of the Scooby gang. And mm-hmm. so we're so used to like him, oh, he's always this dark, mysterious, kept-together guy. But here he is just being astoundingly awkward. And he's <laughs> so awkward. Like he tries to he tries to point out how cute the dog is to the waitress passing by. And like it's 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 so funny and it's very indicative. Yeah, sorry, this is a pilot episode, so we're basically gonna talk about the foundations that they're laying. But it's very indicative yeah. going forward of just how many different sides of Angel we're going to get to see now that he mm-hmm. is the prota- the main protagonist of this series. Um, yeah, but yeah. it was just so funny. And Tina even says, like, oh, you don't hit on girls a lot, do you? And you're like, <laughs> apparently not. I mean... I mean, his whole strategy with Buffy was, like, showing up out of a shadow, telling her something was trying to kill her, and then disappear. Oh, he did give her a cross <laughs> necklace, though. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, and a leather jacket that magically changed sizes. Well, that was um, that was a couple episodes uh, after that, I believe, that he gave her the yeah. jacket. But that was just like his general courtship strategy. For, hey, like... man, you <laughs> if you love somebody, you give your you give them your jacket. Like that's exactly what Poe did to Finn. <laughs> right, the I lip mean... bites. I. <laughs> one of my uh, one of my favorite things that a uh, friend of the show Ben Gerhardt would always bring ben up Gerhardt. about yeah about uh, Finn and Poe is uh, in is in Rise of Skywalker how it really did seem to be building up a romance between the two characters especially to the point where uh, Finn spends most of the episode in Poe's jacket when he finally meets up with Poe again he's like oh hey is that my jacket and uh. He's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, no, no, you keep it. It suits you. And then he bites his bottom lip. And you're like, your boyfriend gave you you his jacket. Dude, I remember after that came out, uh, because that that was like Ben's whole, like, that was his personality for a while. It really was. (laughs) It was kind of, it was really cute. No, no, it basically got to the point where, like, uh, um... I kind of viewed myself as the Ray to um to hit to him and his boyfriend's relationship. Uh, it was very funny. Was Anytime so I found good. like a uh, like a me like a Finn Poe meme, I would send it to him. And after like the third or fourth one, I, I remember him responding like. Uh, he was like, I'm really grateful that I'm the person that, like, this gets sent to. <laughs> Not just by me, apparently, like, lots of people. So, that was always, that was a fun time. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, give him the jacket. So, uh, uh, if, if you yeah, love somebody, love, you give, give them your, them your jacket. jacket. Plus, it's also cold outside, mm-hmm. so they might need that jacket. It is. Um, 
I've been struggling yeah. to like deal with that. But yeah, so uh, Angel decides to kind of like ask her, like you know, are you happy and all that and uh, very strange questions to be getting from a extremely good looking man. Um, mm-hmm. And so Don't trust him, yeah. And so she and she doesn't initially. Um, when she agrees to meet Angel after she gets off her shift at 10, she comes out and has, like, pepper spray at the ready. Um, yeah. she's like, <laughs> Good oh. for her, I say. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like when you move to any city, especially a city the size of LA, like, that's, mm. that's essential. I mean, women gotta take care of themselves. Um, mm-hmm. also, men should not be assholes, but... Yeah. First and foremost. <laughs> yeah. Um, but never trust someone as good looking as Angel. Just don't. Just don't do it. If you see yeah, David Boreanaz, run, run in the other direction. He's probably killed somebody by drinking their blood. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so Tina actually asks if um, if Angel's just like this uh, this newest guy who's coming after her, sent by a guy named Russell, and Angel's like, no. I'm I'm not. I'm seriously not. And there's just something in his eyes and something in like the way that he says what he's saying that makes Tina believe him. So she's mm-hmm. on her way to a party because she's dressed all fancy. And uh, and he um, and so he gives her a ride and uh, they go to a they go to a very fancy Hollywood party. There's just mm-hmm. full of agents. One who even tries to like tell Angel, like, "Oh, you're an actor." He's like, "Well, I'm not an actor. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Everybody's an actor." <laughs> yeah. Well, I like when he uh, when he says that he goes, "I'm not asking. Like, <laughs> you are an actor." <laughs> yeah. So Angel now has the uh, ability to be an actor if he wants to. Uh, though I hope they don't ask him to sing. <laughs> Could you imagine though? What if that's like the twist that the the this pilot takes <laughs> as Angel decides, like, yeah, I'm gonna make a big in Hollywood. And it, it goes from being like like we spent the first half getting this like noir mystery thing, and then it's like fabulous Hollywood drama. <laughs> Spin-off. <laughs> but yeah, but Tina uh goes off with her friend who very much kinda reminds me if um if uh Annette O'Toole and uh mm. If Annette O'Toole and, um, oh my gosh, why can I not remember her name? Uh, she's the, um, she's the girl who always shows her tits in Arrested Development. Judy Greer. Oh, Judy Greer. <laughs> yeah, if, if Judy Greer and Annette O'Toole were the same person, I feel like it would be this actress. I, yeah, I actually, I see what you mean. I think Margot <laughs> is the character's name. Uh, yes, I have some right. thoughts about Margot later on in the episode, but I'll keep them to myself until we get there. I, to myself, not myself. Um, I'm just one person. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so she is... Now, is Margot the person that she's trying to get money from, or is that her other friend that we eventually find out is dead? Because uh, trying Margo's, to get, like, the Yeah, Margot's the one at the party. The, uh... Yeah. Uh, the the dead friend is Denise, I think. Yeah, I just can't remember if that was like, if that was what she was getting, if that was who she was getting the money from. I don't know. They're yeah, like, yeah, they're set. They're separate yeah, people. They, yeah, they throw a lot of uh, they throw a lot of people's names <laughs> at you, and and you're like, this is different from Buffy, so you're not used to all the names. Uh, 
But um, <laughs> while Angel is walking the floor and after he is uh, a- accosted with an acting job, um, <laughs> he sees Cordelia talking it up with all yeah. of the... Uh, with all these, like, big wig agents and stuff. And, uh, yeah. Um, and neither of them can really believe that they're there. Uh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> and Cordy then shares that she is a successful actress and she lives out in Malibu in a condo. Ooh. Yeah, yep. so... But, yeah, so... She asks Angel, uh, she goes, are you still, uh, girl? <laughs> and as we joked about at the top and... Um, th- this interaction is very funny. Um, and then she basically immediately is just like, well, it was nice talking to you. Bye. Yeah. Um, in fact, Cordelia actually does say that, uh, oh, I'm sorry, but I have to go talk to people that matter. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as she walks away, Angel says, so nice that she's grown as a person. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, since we're here, uh, at Cordelia's, uh, introduction in this episode, uh, this is my second, like, big thing that the show does right, right out of the gate, is bringing Cordelia over. Um, I feel like at first glance, the character to spin off with Angel being Cordelia is like, wait, what? Like, yeah, because like we just said, of all they characters, they they see each other and they literally have nothing else to talk about except that Angel is still a vampire. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they never really had. They knew each other obviously and interacted, but they never really had uh, much of a relationship other than Cordelia was jealous that Buffy had a hot boyfriend. It was very, um, it was very similar to uh, Phoebe and Chandler in Friends. Yeah, <laughs> just how like they really didn't interact. Almost at all until the end of season six. So, yeah, not so. But I also think it's just, even though it's it seems weird at first, it's really smart. Um, I think we talked about this in our hot takes episode, or maybe it was off. I don't remember when we talked about this, but I feel like Cordelia as a character would have remained uh, stagnant if she had stayed on Buffy. Um, there's not a lot... I don't think there was a lot of room for her to grow because she didn't have super strong ties to the rest of the cast outside of they went to high school together. Yeah. Um, I think they would have had to do a lot of narrative backflips to justify why she was still on the show. Um, Moving her over to Angel gives her room to grow, I think. Yeah, and honestly, the fact that she didn't have a lot of the narrative ties to most of the cast of Buffy pretty much meant that like she could be a blank canvas almost but yeah. that canvas would have had to have been in a different environment like you couldn't just immediately start yeah. like oh let's give um like let's make this let's introduce this storyline about cordelia because even the uh, even the storyline that's given to her at the end of season three about her uh her mm-hmm. her family losing all their money Oh, excuse me. That um, that almost felt like a like we talked about how disappointed we were that that wasn't mm-hmm. really explored to the extent that it should have been. Yeah. Um, and it was honestly, almost the, entirely off screen. And honestly, there was just wasn't enough time to do it. I feel that mm-hmm. because there was all yeah. the other stuff going down with the mayor. But Agreed. um, but yeah, but now you've got this new show. You've got Angel, who is um who just has so many storytelling opportunities. 
Uh, mm-hmm. like just his history and the way that he is and like oh we can also tell a story about a vampire as the main character but yeah cordelia yeah. is now kind of a blank a, a, not a completely blank slate because she does have yeah. a bit of the history of buffy but a lot of that stuff she doesn't carry with her she very much mm-hmm. kind of it's very easy at the end of all this when all said and done to think of her as an angel character as opposed mm-hmm. to a Buffy character. Yeah. Um, I, I agree entirely with uh, with what you said. Um, my, uh, In fact, I've uh, now that I can talk about it, my Cordelia action figure that Jason gave me years and years ago uh, is marketed specifically as an angel, uh, like uh, under the angel branding, not the Buffy branding. Um, so yeah, um, I also think that Cordelia immediately is a great foil for Angel and vice versa. Um, with Cordelia on the show, her personality, I think, helps uh, Angel come out of his shell a little more, um, we, as we see in this episode already, and vice versa, I think he helps her, um, you know, uh, helps ground her a little, with Doyle kind of in the center as a as a good buffer between the two and i'm i'm excited at the end of this episode to see this team form of these three people yeah I, I think they work well to off of each other even though we really only see them together briefly at the end but it's a uh, um i can Don't already worry, guys. see There's the more to amongst come. these three leads <laughs> there's plenty more to come um, yeah. uh, unfortunately uh tina is getting hassled by uh, a very late '90s gangster-looking asshole named Stacy. Like he's got, the, he's got the long hair and the beard. It's like, oh yeah, you are very much a henchman. <laughs> you are, yep. you are, you are a Malibu <laughs> henchman right there. Um, but yeah, so they, uh, so he says, like, oh, Russell just wants to talk to you, and so Tina goes with Angel. And, uh, initially, like, some guys just, like, throw Angel into an elevator while Russell, tri- or, excuse me, while Stacy tries to make off with, um, with Tina. Sorry, mm-hmm. making sure I don't get all these names mixed right. up. <laughs> Especially because, like, I typically associate Stacy with a girl's name. So, yep. <laughs> um, breaking the gender norms here. Uh, however, Angel does eventually catch up to them because these guys are just goons and... Yep. Um, hello, Batman. Um, and uh, he's probably going to jump up into my lap any minute now. <laughs> but uh, he does. Um, he does. He is eventually able to uh, play a game of chicken with uh, with uh, Stacy's car, and uh, he's able to get um, he's able to get Tina out of there and drive off. Um, what is I? I love like because. We've mentioned that they're obviously the aesthetic that um, that they're going for is a uh, oh there he is <laughs> it the aesthetic that the know. creators are going for is that this is going to be a darker show but that doesn't mean that it's not going to be mm-hmm. funny because Angel's driving around in his convertible and so he jumps into a convertible <laughs> and then like tries to start it and sees his convertible which looks identical to the one that he just jumped in yep. across the street. Or, like, just a few spots down. And... It's very Yeah, funny. he's like, damn it! <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good, uh, a good gag. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's... 
it's it's nice that we're not taking ourselves so seriously, even though we are going a slightly darker route uh, with Angel than we do on Buffy. Yeah. But, so yeah, there's definitely going to be some funny moments. And mm-hmm. believe it or not, a lot of the funny is going to come from Angel. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's I wouldn't have believed it if you had told me before, but... <laughs> no, man, it's going to be great. Um, so... Um, Cordelia uh, goes to her apartment, which is, surprise, surprise, not a condo in Malibu, but is actually a very uh-huh. uh, nasty-looking apartment, and uh, she reveals that she had to steal some of the sandwiches from the... Uh, that is so from, sad. That shot yeah. of her just opening that of the sandwiches that she smuggled out of this party. I was just like, oh my god, Cordelia, no. And you know, I bet in that minute... There's so many actors that are like, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because, I mean, how many people, like, Tina even said that she went to, uh, she went to L.A. to become a, she went to L.A. to become a, become a movie star. Didn't work mm, out. They weren't and ironing. Yeah, and, uh, and Cordelia's listening to her messages, and unfortunately, it's not looking great for her either. Um... Cause I mean, yeah, yeah. Like you, you want you go, you want to go there and you want to be an actor or an actress, and so do thousands of other people. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it, yeah, it is really sad. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I feel really bad for Cordy in that moment. Uh, but um, Angel has taken uh, Tina back to um, his apartment. And, uh, she's thinking that, oh, well, I guess now want, like, now you're going to comfort me or whatever. And Angel is, um, Angel's like, no, too many people are taking advantage of you already. And then, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I want to like hats off to, uh, hats off to Tracy Middendorf who plays Tina because yeah, yeah that rea- the reaction that she has, like just starts breaking down after she's like spent this whole time trying to be cool um Mm -hmm. it it was a it was really good um yeah yeah and uh she had mentioned before that um her friend denise um also tried to um also got in deep with russell and so she um and so while she's asleep angel goes to the library and across three computers because probably opening separate tabs is not it's not an option on those web browsers just yet um yeah and i'm not gonna lie when it like zoomed in on the computers and the search engines and stuff i'm like oh man this is a little dated not gonna lie uh but yeah um and this is another thing that uh shows the shows like a different the different tone that angel's setting because it Mm. very much is trying to uh target the detective vibe and uh yeah this kind of sets it up as angel uses three different computers to uh eventually narrow down um the fact that uh oh a victim uh an unknown victim was um killed uh but a jane doe and uh, she had a tattoo on her um, shoulder, I believe. I think Arm? so. I don't remember exactly. 
Yeah, she had a rose tattoo, which is later confirmed by Tina. Um, So, yeah, so Angel is then talking to Tina and asking her about this. Thinks, I think Russell may have murdered your friend Denise. Um, And, uh, but then Tina sees the note that Doyle gave to Angel. And uh, so then she immediately seems like, oh my God, you knew who I was. This is all just some big thing Mm -hmm. for Russell to like fuck with me. And uh, so then she runs. Angel tries to like stop her, but it's the it's the day now. And so she runs out into daylight. Uh, Angel's hand starts to burn. His face turns his face turns into his vamp face. And I mean, obviously, Tina's like she's like, oh my god, this. We see um. We see Tina uh, go back to her apartment. And she's just trying to get out of there. Um, yeah. But then Russell shows up. Uh, and he's this very uh, smarmy-looking uh, middle-aged businessman uh, who mentions that he owns the whole building. Actually, he owns, like, a couple of the blocks that yeah. are surrounding the building. I hate this guy. Yeah, he's, he's not good. He's very, very... He's very, very pilot villainable. But, yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he says like, "Oh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna let I'm gonna give you anything." And she's like, "I want to go home." And uh, that's when she thinks that like, that's when she reveals, "Oh, there's the this guy. I thought she sent him, but he's kind of a monster." And uh, and that's when Russell reveals that he is a vampire, very nasty looking vampire. And he bites her. And, um... Yeah. And unfortunately, Angel finds Tina's apartment, but then sees that she's been bitten and drained by a vampire. And I say unfortunately because this is also a very big theme in Angel going Mm -hmm. forward. It's the fact that you try to do what's... I believe this theme showed up in Buffy every now and again. Yeah. Particularly associated with Angel. But it um, it's very hard to always do the right thing and succeed. And yeah. yeah, and you can argue that Angel did succeed by get at the end of this episode getting rid of Russell, but he unfortunately mm-hmm. isn't able to save Tina. And yeah, that, and it's yeah. a big, um, it's quite a zag uh, in in the episode. You know, you are, especially in a pilot episode, it's not like we, you know, it's not like we never saw Buffy fail to save people. It, that's happened before on the show. But uh, basically, to show Angel the very first, you know, significant person he tries to save uh, on his own show, he fails to do so. Um it's it's very shocking, I think, and it. Uh, but it, as you said, it sets up a lot of these themes, um, and it's just very sad. It's um, Tina was uh, Tina was very likable, and you know, really, she did not deserve what what happened to her. And, yeah, and, um, I, and I think like sad. another, and I think another thing that like Angel is keeping in mind is that oh, the last thing she's going to think about me is that I was a monster that was trying to take mm-hmm. advantage of her, even though he basically. Sp- worked really hard to show her that that wasn't the case. Yeah. 
Um, apparently, um, I learned there was as originally scripted, Angel was actually supposed to um, uh, lick some of the blood from her after he yeah. found her. Um, but then they they changed their mind, and it's already I'm glad dark, they changed man. their mind. It is yeah, already that's, dark. That's cross. I think that would have been crossing a line past dark, but appropriate for what the show is, and dark just for the sake of being dark. Yeah, um, if um, if if Angel had been on HBO, maybe that would have happened. <laughs> but yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah. So meanwhile, we see this Russell guy, and um, he is looking at a video that Margot took of the party. And uh, while he's watching this video, a Wolfram and Hart attorney who, or excuse me, an attorney from the law firm Wolfram and Hart, uh, very much, um, and they don't say his name, but we're just going to go they ahead. Do not. We're just going to go ahead and say it because it's not like it's a huge I spoiler. Think can. And we want to refer to him a couple times at least. It, his name is Lindsay McDonald. Um, Lindsay. Yes. Played by the very attractive Christian Kane. Yeah, it's really funny because later on in the show, um, he has longer hair, and I forgot his first um his first appearances are like this short hair. And, yeah. Yeah, it, it <laughs> threw me for a loop. I'm like, oh my god, is that Lindsay? Yeah, it totally is. Um but yes, Lindsay basically says that uh the firm has put in an airtight alibi uh for Tina uh being killed and Pretty much like blaming it on the stranger, uh, the mm-hmm. tall, dark stranger, and um, so it's like, yeah, we're we're here for you. We are an all inclusive or an all service law firm, and you kind of wonder what the hell does yeah. that mean? Um, but yeah, but then, uh, t- but then while uh, Russell is watching this video of the. Of the party, he notices Cordelia, a girl that he hasn't uh, seen before. And one thing that Angel came across in his research was that Russell actually targets girls who don't have any family in mm-hmm. the uh, in the city and basically wouldn't be missed. Um, and yeah. so he's like, oh. and of course, we know that Cordelia's parents, at least her father, is in prison. Um, it sounds like based on comments she makes later that both of her parents are in prison for tax evasion. So, yeah, Cordelia is... She's the perfect victim for him. You know, she she has no one to notice. Well, he thinks she has no one to notice if if she goes missing. And I also think that uh, he, all, he just kind of knows the look of a desperate mm-hmm. actress in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, oh, absolutely. So he tells Lindsay that he wants he wants Cordelia and he wants to eat her. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting that he uh Lindsay asks him like um do you think this will be like a long-term project or or whatever however he phrases it, I can't remember exactly. Um that's right. So yeah or but he's like no I just want to yeah I want to kill her and eat her. So apparently this we're seeing as uh sometimes this dude as we saw with Tina he likes to groom them to be like pet projects um before killing them. Uh, but sometimes, like with Cordelia, sometimes he's just hungry, which is, I don't know, there's something very, 
vile in that. I mean, it's all upsetting. It, like, it's all bad. But just the fact that he, like, picks and chooses which of these women he wants to groom and which of them he doesn't. Like, it makes me go, like, what's going on in your head? No, that, no, he sees like, them as I, objects. I don't know. Yeah, he sees right, them as yeah. objects. It's like, oh, I can use this one for this purpose or I can use this one for this purpose. Mm, yeah. It's, um, yeah. Well, he, he'd make a good watcher. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're or not a watcher's wrong. council member. Uh, yeah. But um, so Angel is able to uh, Angel tracks down um, Stacy. Uh, he's very um, he's very dead set on uh, getting even with Russell. Like he he is pissed, mm-hmm. and he gets Doyle to help him out. They're able to track down Stacy, who, of course, works at a goddamn uh, gym, like, exercise <laughs> yeah. equipment shop. And, like, gosh, could you could you be any more of a stereotype? <laughs> <laughs> right? Dude, I'm glad we don't spend a lot of time with the Stacy guy, because it really is, like, the checklist of, like, of, just of Mook. Mook. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, Cordelia is... Super excited to meet this mm-hmm. Russell Winters guy. Yeah. Um, so and... it's Margot. It's this Margot woman who we met at the party, um, who was also filming Cordelia, who calls her to tell her he wants to meet her. And this is very interesting because they don't, they don't really go into this woman and how much she knows. But we see her like in the middle of the day making a cocktail and washing it down with some pills, and. It seems like she's Russell's go-between. Yeah, and I, I just, I thought it was very interesting that they go out of their way, and I couldn't tell if it was like, a, oh, this is Hollywood, so of course she's, like, washing her pills down with a cocktail, or if it was like, a, she knows that she's, uh, she knows or she suspects that she might be sending this woman to her death, so this is how she copes. I have no idea. We don't go any further into this character or ever see her again. Um yeah. But I just, I thought that was an interesting detail to put in there and not follow up on. Yeah. Um, she does get taken to uh, Russell's ridiculously large mansion. And mm-hmm. uh, she's in a room with Cordelia, or excuse me, she's in the room with Russell. <laughs> and this leads to, this leads to one of my favorite moments in the episode when it's great. she's just kind of going on and on like she initially starts talking about how like oh i'm i'm like not going to be like it's been going really bad i i am I, um, I, I can't get seem to get any acting jobs and uh and she's like oh and here you invite me over do you like this beautiful house that has no mirrors and very large drapes and wait a minute you're a vampire <laughs> <laughs> and he goes he, he like stops in his tracks and just goes no i'm not, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's a really great delivery from the actor playing russell of it's yeah. like he's so caught off guard by this like no i'm not and then she's like i grew up in sunnydale yes you are we have our own hell mouth <laughs> um and then I, she keeps going and i actually i think this is so perfect for her character because um it's it's a great uh establishing moment for her uh for maybe audiences who weren't as familiar with her uh over on Buffy if they didn't watch Buffy 
We get to see that uh, Cordelia is smart, she's observant, she's paying attention to what's going on, but also she is incapable of not saying whatever comes to her head. (laughs) (laughs) It's so wonderful to watch. Uh, But yeah, um, so uh, then of course Russell just decides, oh well, jig is up, I'm gonna eat you. Um, However, at this moment, uh, uh, Angel and Doyle have arrived outside the mansion, and Angel's like, Angel's doing a lot of fancy detective shit, uh, because Mm -hmm. he's got, like, he's got equipment that's gonna blow the fuse box, um, and, uh, like, knock the power out, he's got a fucking grappling hook, and... And yeah, so where did he get all this? Did he always have this shit? Did he did he steal a bunch of shit I'm from sure the library before I'm, he? <laughs> it's not from the library, but I know that he stole. You know that he stole this. Um, okay. Like I like the idea that he went to Giles and was like, "Listen, I'm going to LA. I'm probably going to have to fight vampires there. Can I just kind of have a couple weapons? Do you have a grappling hook, please, man? Hit me up. Give me what I need." So if you give me that grappling hook, I'll be able to get out of here sooner and stop pestering your slayer. <laughs> yeah, and Giles is like, "Here, take it." Throwing a throwing a short timer charge. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's so great because uh, Angel's coming out of the shadows, and uh, like Russell sees him, and. Uh, and, like, Angel's got this, like, really kind of badass moment, which, of course, like, Cordelia kind of throws the tone off of, because she's like, oh, you don't know who he is. You're about I to get your it. ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> which is another nice moment. One, it's funny, but it also is a nice highlight that even though they aren't super close at this point, or haven't been, um... Cordelia has full confidence. She doesn't even question the angel's about to fuck this dude up. Like, and honestly, and she's excited. Yeah, and honestly, he probably could have, if not for the guards coming up and uh, pulling their guns on Angel. So, yeah. while he is able to land a few blows on Russell, um, they uh, point their guns at Cordelia, and Angel um, takes some bullets in the back and. Uh, mm. And then jumps, uh, or actually he, take, he takes him in his, like, his chest, like, because he's facing them. Yeah. Then he, uh, I think it might take a couple more, uh, but he uh, jumps, he grabs Cordelia, jumps yeah. out, and then uh, Doyle, um, who originally was trying to just drive off, then comes back. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, he's there for when um, Angel and Cordelia get back. And... Uh, they get to the apartment, and Doyle and Doyle mm, and Cordelia mm, are mm. taking those bullets out and dressing up that fine, fine torso. Oh, you just gotta, you just, ooh, Angel, just lay back there. Let me extract a bullet from you. Let me nurse you back to health. <laughs> yeah, as you all can tell, Harrison is all for this. Um, I, it really, I know, I know I talk about this every time it comes up, but I don't know what it is about these scenes. I remember, I don't know if I've ever told this on the podcast, but I remember when I saw, um, oh gosh, I can't even remember what movie it was, but I went to some movie, uh, with our friend, our mutual friend, uh, Chelsea, and there was like a, like an after action scene, like patch up scene. 
And I just like leaned over to her and I was like, oh my God, that's so hot. And she was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, You know, I, I kind of have a similar thing for um, like passionate scenes that start in the rain and then like have to go inside to mm. someplace warmer. Um, like, uh, cause I mean, typically that leads to, uh, that leads to some, that leads to oh, a little more sexiness. let me get sexiness. you some drier clothes. Yeah. Here, put on this robe. Get out of those wet things. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in front of the fire, naked. All right. <laughs> hey man, it's it's hot. Um I, yeah. But yeah, so uh the next day we get a shot of Russell Winters Enterprises. Um this is this building is going to be used for a very different purpose uh later on in the show. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah. Oh my god, I didn't realize that it wasn't that. Yeah. <laughs> I I am I just I just saw the building and I was like, oh, I know what building that is. I did not. Okay, wow. No, no. Russell Russell's in a um, in a conference with uh, Lindsay and um, other reps from this uh, law firm, Wolfram and Hart, um, and uh, he says that. Um, and Lindsay's saying, oh, we've got our feelers down. We're trying to figure out like the whereabouts of this stranger because he didn't come up in any of our searches. And of course, as he's saying that, Angel just walks right in. <laughs> And uh, but then Lindsay stands up and in his smarmiest little smile says, "Oh, I'm just letting you know that uh, that Mr. Winters uh, cannot be cannot be and will never be convicted of a crime." And so uh, Russell's just like, "Yeah, Angel, I pay my taxes and uh, I keep my name out of the papers, and in exchange, I can do whatever I want." And Angel just looks and says. Can you Can fly? You fly. <laughs> oh yeah. And then kicks Hot. his chair right through the window, and while it's falling several stories, only the chair makes it to the ground because mm-hmm. Russell burns up, and that's this is a really cool scene. It is. It's it's badass, and it's it also just kind of shows that hey, this well, it's another indicator of this tone that Angel's mm-hmm. setting up. Um, Yep. And, uh, and yeah, and Lindsay, and, uh, yeah, Lindsay had given, uh, had given Angel the Wolfram and Hart card, and, uh, Angel just, like, puts it back in his pocket and walks away, and, uh... Power move! Yeah, yeah. I that was, is, okay. That is the L.A. power move right there. <laughs> so, I was watching, uh, last week, one of the movies I watched for my monthathon um, was was Amer- uh, American Psycho. Oh, and yes. there's that entire the whole scene. scene with the business cards. <laughs> yeah. And and it really is. It's like it, this power trip of business cards is so real. Um I at my uh, my old pre-covid job, um I worked in a non-profit uh, performing arts center and I got jealous one time that one of my they were making one of my uh coworkers business cards and not they weren't making any for me. <laughs> and my job was all like personnel based. And his job uh, partially was was more working with like the public. So it made sense. Like, why would I yeah. be giving bu- my business cards to like personnel? And I knew that. I knew that intellectually. Like, but I wanted but I business like, cards. Oh, I want business cards. I want them to be off white eggshell. Why don't you just make them yourself? <laughs> 
<laughs> Just, you can um, order those you yourself. Know, actually, you can. I um I have looked into it, and I will once I um it was, I, in college um one of my classes. So I have a degree in creative writing, and one of the things uh, one of our classes was actually uh, like marketing your writing and being able to sell like scripts and stuff. And part of that was like uh, make like making business cards. And I actually do have like a like a like a screenwriter business card. Um, I've never actually had like printed but i've got like the design for it so um hopefully um i'm looking into get i'm looking into hiring a literary agent um hopefully maybe that'll we'll see i don't know do it and and in case anyone's uh interested in uh where my career path is currently i'm trying to take it uh, that that's where it is do it (laughs) take your shot um but yeah angel just walks away and Lindsay uh, decides to call uh, what we assume is Wolfram and Hart. And he says, oh, there is a new player in town, but we don't need to disturb the senior partners just yet. And mm-hmm. and uh, if you have subtitles on, senior partners will almost definitely be capitalized. So they're going to be a bit important going forward. Yeah. <laughs> um, Angel goes back. Angel goes back to his apartment, and he starts calling somebody. And we hear Buffy over the phone. Hey guys, uh-huh. remember last week when Buffy picked up the phone and said hello twice, but nobody answered? Crossover. Crossover. <laughs> um, crossover. 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 But yeah, and I mean, you can tell that he wants to call Buffy because, hey, this is who I would mm. go to when I need to talk about things. But he also knows that, like yeah. I. I moved out here to keep away from Buffy, so I can't come to her with everything that's bothering me. It almost looks like he does it without thinking. Like, the way he dials, it it really, it almost feels instinctual. And then when he hears her voice, like, he snaps out of it and realizes, like, um, so, yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, But luckily, luckily, uh, I feel like this episode could have ended on that really kind of bleak moment, but it doesn't. Um, I really love where... Uh, where they choose to end this episode, which is with uh, our next uh, our next two short scenes. Yeah, and um, um, so yeah, uh, and uh, Cordelia is very much uh, trying to clean the office because she believes, like, hey, you know, we're gonna be in the business of helping people. We might as well, you know, charge them a little bit. Uh, we got, we're gonna have to help rich people eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I love how she um she walks in. She's like um she's like all right. So, we're starting a business. Uh, you are hiring me. We need a sign. Uh you need to kill that cockroach. I'm not doing it. Um you uh yeah, she's like we'll charge people. Maybe not everyone as she said, but like you know, rich people. Um you know, and uh You want to talk we'll, about we'll power moves. A... <laughs> it, oh yeah. I love how she's like we'll uh charge on a sliding scale. Uh but I will my salary will be a flat fee. <laughs> um <laughs> But then she does soften it with a really nice moment where she, I think she kind of finally has a moment of self-awareness and she stops and just looks at Angel and she just goes, if you'll have me. And Angel's like, girl, you know I do. 
uh, and Doyle's he doesn't like, actually say that, but he, <laughs> he doesn't actually say that, but his uh, his eyes speak volumes. Subtext. Um, and, and Doyle says uh, like Doyle hey. refers to um, Doyle refers to Cordelia as a stiffener, which I don't. Which love. is gross. Um, yeah, that's that's a little gross. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it must be something that Irish people say because that is just gross. <laughs> I, yeah, I maybe I've never. I mean, I I. I understand what he's referencing. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've never heard that as like a as a term. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but um, uh, yeah, and so Doyle says like, "Hey, if you're game, there are lots of people in LA that need help." And uh, he's like, "Yeah, I'm game." And guys, we have Angel yeah. off and running. Yeah, yeah, that's a great callback to earlier in the episode when when he's still on the fence about helping. And uh, Doyle asks him, are you game? And he just doesn't really answer. Um, so I like that callback at the end. It's like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to we're gonna help people. And um, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. But yeah, Harrison, uh, final thoughts and a rating for, mm-hmm. uh, for yeah, City uh, Of? So I, I generally really like City Of. I think it's a really strong start. Um, to the show, and I think it does um, a really wise thing um, in uh, in the scale of its story of um, keeping the the like the threat of the episode really small and basic. The story of this episode is Angel has to save a girl. That like that's at its bare bones. That's what it a blonde is. girl. A blonde girl. Um, but because that story is so simple and so scaled back, it allows the rest of the episode to set all the really important foundations. It allows us to bring in Cordelia and Doyle and establish what their roles are on the show are going to be. Um, it gets to introduce briefly um, the concept of Wolfram and Hart and the concept of the powers that be and Doyle's visions that he receives from the powers that be. Um, all of these things that are really important to this to the show Um these relationships that are going to be part of the show um, without getting overwhelmed by a, like a, like a huge storyline right out of the gate. Um, comparing that to the Buffy uh, pr- uh, series premiere, which I do like um, Buffy's first episode or first two episodes, first double part episode has Buffy uh, uh, stopping an apocalypse. Like, and that's epic. But it does make some of the other stuff, uh, it shortchanges some of the other stuff that is more important later on. Um, and I think that's a lesson maybe that Joss Whedon learned between uh, the beginning of Buffy and the beginning of this season. The, the um, writing so like for this definitely is smoother compared to the early episodes yes. of Buffy. Absolutely. So, and it's not like a, you know, it's not a barn burner. It's not like, you know, huge fireworks, like, oh my God, what? Uh, but there's a lot of really, really good stuff in here. And it makes me, it does exactly what a good pilot should do. It makes me excited to watch the rest of this show. So um, the, for me, City of, I'm going to give it uh, four out of five uh, vampire defenestrations. <laughs> uh, what a, what a great word. Um, yeah. Yeah, I... I'm right there with you. Um, I I feel like I was originally going to give it three point five because I feel like I'm always so tempted to compare it to other episodes that follow. But 
Um, mm-hmm. Because when you do compare it to other other Angel episodes, especially other really good Angel episodes, it it's not it's not one of the more memorable episodes, but it is honestly just a really good yeah. pilot. So keeping that in mind, I'm going to give it four out of five star shaped sandwiches because everyone's a star. Uh-huh. Everyone's a star. <laughs> oh my god, the bile that drips when she says that line is great. Um, you know, I'm gonna give another shout out to um, to Tracy 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 Mindorf as Tina. Um, your role was small, but you you left a, you left. Uh, you you had a presence and I, I and I miss you. Yeah, miss you, honestly, Tina. yeah, you you very much made made this episode. I would say because you you had like the one appearance and you made it count. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, those are all my my thoughts. Um, yeah, anything, same here. Anything final from you? I'm just super excited that we finally get to not only. Uh, go forward with Buffy, but uh, also mm-hmm. that we're finally in Angel, and I'm yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm I'm ready to yeah, ready to like do this. Me too. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We will be back next week with Buffy season four, episode two, Living Conditions, which I am very excited about. I like this episode a lot. <laughs> i'm jason you can find me on instagram at yami j 357 and on twitter at just plain old yami j i'm harrison you can find me on instagram at harrison alexander kaufman and on twitter at harrison kaufman that's spelled c-o-f-f-m-a-n you can also find my blog horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com where i talk about a different horror movie every week Uh, when this episode drops i will have posted my review uh, my last review of the Halloween theme month with Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Because he's not a witch. He's not a witch. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com, and the and is spelled out in both of those. Yes. Also, please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Each week, we like to give a shout-out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting the Adobe Services. Established in 1989, good year, um, Adobe Services' (laughs) mission is to end homelessness by assisting low-income, unhoused people, including those with special needs, to secure stable, supportive, Uh, housing and to be advocates for the removal of the causes of homelessness visit www.adobeservices.org for more information and as always go slay and wear dolce and gabbana Mm -hmm. and also be gay (laughs) bye bye